Hello, lovely listeners. Before we get to the episode, we want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and for their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all. Learn more by visiting choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Hi everyone, this is Carmen and Christina. And this is Historias Unknown. Today, Christina, again, is going to be telling us about something. Yes, I'm going to be telling you why the Navy sucks, <laughs> basically. Hmm. Yes. I don't know if I needed a specific story to know that, but okay, I'm just <laughs> Right? Oh my God. I'm going to be telling you about the time that a little island in Puerto Rico kicked out the Navy. Wow. It's a little bit of a win, a little bit. But yeah, let me just, uh, let me get into this. Oh, wait, well, before I get into this, do you, have you heard about this before? It happened in 1999. No. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't either. I don't even know how we came across this information. Oh my, I was just going to ask, how did you come upon this information? Like to start even researching it, like where? When I was looking at the, I want to say I was looking at the school walkout stuff uh, online and there was oh. a website that had like a timeline of some uh, pretty important civil rights movements that happened that have to do with Latin American and Latino people in the United States. And, and the whole timeline, I read through the whole thing and I saw this and I was like, oh, I didn't know about this. Because, um, like, most of these type of things only include Mexican-American struggles, but that website had a lot about Puerto Rico, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's how I came across this, but I didn't know about it before. Okay, so just a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of background on the United States and Puerto Rico, like, their relationship. So the United States invaded Puerto Rico in 1898, and they passed this thing called the Foraker Act in 1900. This act set up the United States civil civil it set up a government in, in Puerto Rico, oh. uh, an American government. Wait, what is the word? Civilian. No, <laughs> oh. I couldn't say civilian. That's what you couldn't say? Yeah. Well, because I was, in my brain, I was trying to say civil, and then I kept saying civilian in my brain as well oh. at the same time. All of this was happening in my brain, oh. and and what was coming out of my mouth was just like, civ- I don't even know. So, yeah. Weird. <laughs> okay. So this government is all appointed by the president of the United States. In 1917, the Jones Act granted U.S. citizenship to Puerto Ricans. In 1948, Puerto Ricans elected their own governor for the first time. When? Sorry? 1948. Okay. So several, several years after the the United States set up government there. And in 1952, the constitution that would add Puerto Rico as a commonwealth was established. Okay. And that's what they are now. They're a commonwealth, uh, what, property? I don't know. Is it just commonwealth? They're not a state. Mm -hmm. They're a commonwealth. Yeah, I know they're not a state. Yeah. 
I I was thinking of it as a territory, like um I know other because it's a little bit more than are. a territory because like the oh, like okay. Guam and all that is a territory. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But they have their own. Oh, okay, they still have their own government, and for oh, the longest time, Puerto Rico did not. And yes, they they okay. abide by I think more like United States government policies than their own. Like even mm-hmm. to this day, they don't have a president of Puerto Rico. It's a governor. Yeah, but yeah. Guam okay. and all those other places do. And this, of course, is not including the colonization of Puerto Rico by the Spanish, because that would take like hours upon hours <laughs> to cover. We can just safely assume that uh, European nations have colonized everywhere and everything. Yes. They can get their little grubby hands on. <laughs> yeah, grubby hands. So so I'm just starting where the United States, were. they became involved. So they had their eyes uh, set on Puerto Rico before they invaded because to them it was in a strategically advantageous spot for the U.S. military. It would allow the United States to access North, Central, and South America. And do boy, do we know they they love <laughs> they love those areas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So as soon as the United States invaded in 1898, uh, they began setting up military bases all over Puerto Rico. The United States built several bases and um, they also took advantage of the Puerto Rican population. So they they made them citizens so that they could be drafted. Of course, you know, there's never, there's always, I mean, there's always an ulterior Ulterior, interior, whatever motive. <laughs> I know I'm not saying that exterior, right. Exterior, no. It is ulterior, no. Ulterior, probably like secret motive. Yeah, right. Whatever. Right. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Very. Yeah. <laughs> it's estimated that twenty thousand Puerto Ricans were drafted during World War One. Sixty-five thousand fought in World War Two, and fifty thousand in Vietnam. Just a lot. Yeah. And there were many bases in Puerto Rico. Today, only Fort Buchanan remains. And Fort Buchanan was built in San Juan, Puerto Rico in 1925. And they built that that's mainland Puerto Rico, but they also built bases in the surrounding islands. And one of these islands is Vieques. Vieques is a 52 square mile island that's eight miles east of mainland Puerto Rico. And it's a small little island. So um, when the United States began building their infrastructure on the island, um, they took up two-thirds of Vieques. And that was uh, 32,000 acres that they took up for military installations. So they set up the, the main base is called well, was called Roosevelt Roads Naval Station. And this the main purpose of this installation was for live fire practice, air-to-ground bombing, ship-to-shore shelling, and other things. So ship-to-shore shelling is firing from ships onto land. And um, this is the, the only base where the, mili- where the Navy could practice live. They used live bombs, real bombs, real ammunition during their training. Mm. So they would bomb Puerto Rico to practice? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> so Jesus. The, the east part of the island was used for these military training exercises and the west side of the island was used for supply storage and waste disposal. 
in order to build the base, 10,000 inhabitants were forcibly relocated to the center of the island. The Navy gave residents of Vieques $30 for their houses and oh my god, ha- and told them they had one day to move out of their property. And then they began bulldozing houses. And I mean, that, that couldn't have been that much money in the 1920s either, so... Yeah, like I'm sure if you, you know how whenever you talk about money in the past, you're like, it's worth this much now. Like it still would not be enough for the the house, their houses. But let me tell you right now. So $438. Oh my God. That's not even rent. Like (laughs) for one month or wow. Mm -hmm. So that's what they gave them. And they relocated everyone to the center of the island, so they were completely surrounded by military. That's scary. Yeah, and then around them is the whole, every base. So, and I already mentioned this, but the biggest military training done in Vieques and why it was so important to the Navy is the live bomb training. Uh, So, um, from the creation of the base until it closed in 2003, aircraft would fly from mainland Puerto Rico to Vieques and drop bombs. It was basically raining bombs all the time. Uh, bombs wow. fell at all hours of the day, all day. Uh, it's estimated that there's at least a trillion tons of unexploded ordnance in the waters of Vieques. Oh, that means they could explode? Now? Well, they're down <laughs> there, so they can't, but they're probably, oh, okay, like okay. I don't know, leaking toxins and yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Wow. On top of all the bombing, the Navy essentially has poisoned Vieques, so they've admitted to dumping unknown toxic substances into the waters, and they've also dumped uh, heavy metals, used Agent Orange, napalm, and depleted uranium. Oh my god. I mean, it's like not shocking because also, like the military and the bases and around the world are one of the biggest polluters everywhere they are I, you know i would i would warrant that they are the biggest polluters not even one like yeah they are the right. biggest yeah look at what they're doing to hawaii right hawaii, now yeah. yeah disgusting so arsenic lead mercury cambium aluminum from bombs were found in hair samples of 80 percent of the people living in vieques and they wow. uh, they suffer uh, cancer, in, cancer. Yeah, in greater amounts, like a lot. And other health complications like stillbirths and miscarriages in wow. greater numbers. And obvious, I mean, like, obviously this is because of the bombing and all the stuff that was dumped into the water. What else yeah. would do this? So... Before this, Vieques was a fishing community, and at one point, the Navy forbade fishing because the fish were too toxic to eat, and they advised fishermen to obtain food stamps, but they didn't, like, supply anything extra. So they ruined these people's um, health and livelihood. Yeah. The the two things you need to... <laughs> To live. <laughs> yes, exactly. Essentially, they murdered the people of... What is the city called again? Sorry, Vieques. Vieques. Vieques? Vieques, yeah. Vieques, okay. Yeah. So, one fisherman who grew up as the military first started to arrive to Vieques claims that troops were routinely set free. Like, oh, it's time for leave or your vacation time, whatever, your day's off, right? And they, mm-hmm. he saw the military go about the island looking for booze and women 
And during this time, he saw women being dragged out of their homes and assaulted. Oh, my God. Of course. Yeah. Because also everywhere. (laughs) Yes. That the military is stationed. Military members are responsible for a high, high number of sexual assaults of women and children in those places. Yes. Um, the, this even resulted in the death of a little boy. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, one woman from Vieques was quoted as saying the following. A lot of houses had their roofs falling in and everything as a result of the vibrations from the bombs for many years. So even if they were in the center of town, of course, they were still like being in the center of town. It's like living in a war zone. Yeah. Because these are real bombs being dropped, but it's for training purposes. So um, she goes on to say, it was pretty nerve wracking because you never knew what was going on, what was going to crash down in your house. We lived quite close to where the bombing was happening. When I was a child, they were dropping bombs near me. In the school, you could hear the bombing. You couldn't even hear the teacher because of the noise. People were afraid to go anywhere near the base or the beach, so it was difficult for many years. It seems like just yesterday, or only five or six years ago, that the bombing stopped, even though it was nearly 10 years ago. So she was quoted saying this in 2003. Wow. And and that sounds like someone living in a war zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just, I, uh, I just messed up. So, uh, opposition for the naval training base had been growing for a while, but it became a lot more organized in the mid-1960s. So, the, the people um, opposing the Navy being there, they were calling for what became known as the four Ds. Demilitarization, decontamination, and then the development and the return of lands to them. All reasonable. Yes. Protests really grew from 1977 to 1983. Fishermen would use their boats, their fishing boats, like their little tiny fishing boats, to create blockades in the middle of international training exercises. And they called these fishins. Wow. But just picture, just picture that. These like tiny little line of fishing boats blocking the way of giant, giant Navy ships. Like mm-hmm. a uh, little dog versus, I don't want to say David versus Goliath, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a Chihuahua versus a German Shepherd. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> People held prayer vigils on the beach. And the beach is where the Navy practiced firing from their ships onto the shore. So by them just filling the beach with people and staying there, uh, it prevented the Navy from practicing their ship-to-shore firing. They would paint over Navy ship license plates. They used slingshots to throw rocks. And they would plant coconut palms to symbolize all the fallen trees that had fallen from all the years of the bombings. And... While people conducted nonviolent protesting, they formed the Vieques Fishermen Association and they took their fight to the courts. So in 1979, 150 people entered the base during an exercise and 21 people were arrested and they were known as the Vieques 21. They were all sentenced to six months in a federal prison in Tennessee. And two months into this sentence, one of the 21... His name was Angel Rodriguez Cristobal, was found dead. Oh my God. His death was ruled 
a suicide. But nobody believed it because, like... Of course. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens to... Um, Activists? I guess the term would be, like, dissidents, no? Oh, I don't know. Is that the... What does that I mean? I don't know. Hold on, let me look that word up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard that word. Uh, it doesn't sound familiar. It's like political prisoners. Oh. People who are opposed to the uh, government. Yes, a person who opposes official policy, especially that of an authoritarian state. Oh, okay. Yes. So, um, an autopsy was conducted afterward, and it was found that he had been severely beaten. Oh, wow. Yeah, he beat himself. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. (laughs) So, of course, then no one believed (sighs) the ruling of suicide, like, even more. Yeah. And so this sparked another protest that then grew violent. And there was a more radical group that was not associated with the Vieques Fishermen Association. This group was called Los Macheteros. And, like, I mean, with a name like that, you're going to be violent. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can't have that name and not be violent. Yes. And uh, for our non-Spanish-speaking listeners, the machete is, um, it's not a sword. It's like... It's like a knife. Like a... Very long. Between a knife and a sword? Yeah. It has has an actual name. It's a machete in English, too. Oh, I'm so dumb. Yeah. Okay. It's a machete. (laughs) It took me a second to get there, too, because I'm like, it's between a knife and a sword. And then I'm like, wait, they're called machetes. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> no, I'm not. Anyway, no shame. <laughs> so, yes, that's they were called like the macheteers or something, what it would translate to. It sounds better in Spanish. <laughs> um, so they attacked a Navy bus and they killed two servicemen. And this divided the movement because like most of the movement wanted to remain nonviolent. And, you know, here they were attacking buses and killing servicemen. They only killed two servicemen, but um, mm-hmm. that's more than, than the, other, the rest of the people wanted. They didn't want, to, they didn't want the movement tainted with that. Like, and, it, and it's with most mm-hmm. movements. It's like when you compare Martin Luther King to uh, Malcolm X, right? Um, yeah. Those kind of, that kind of stuff. So in response, the United States hired civilian security guards and created a group called the Navy Vanguard. Which sounds dumb, anyway. It sounds horrible. Yeah. The, the, whole, the sole purpose of the Navy Vanguard was to question the pra- patriotism of the VFA. Why would the VFA even care, though, about their patriotism being questioned? Like, Who gives a fuck about being patriotic? Yeah, when you're literally being bombed every minute of the day, like... When you have no jobs and no... Yeah, nothing. <laughs> dumb. Yeah, and your whole economy is based on or relies on the military at this point in time yeah so they would hold counter demonstrations and they worked to create the sentiment that painted the vfa as commies because this is the height of the cold war well of course yeah and this is all like i don't know is this considered a psyop like they're literally working to create propaganda against the vfa essentially I mean, yeah. So there was like a congressional hearing on this too, and the and Congress did recommend the Navy to relocate, and the Navy refused. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, and then due to the ongoing pro- protests and violence against Navy personnel, the U.S. forced the governor of Puerto Rico to sign this thing called the Fortin Accord, and so the Fortin Accord was a good neighbor agreement. 
that would force the protests to end and and also made it so the Navy would stay on the island indefinitely. Fuck that shit. Good neighbor. Being a good neighbor, neighbor includes not bombing the shit out of your fucking neighbors. Yeah. Uh, but most of these good neighbor things that ex- have existed, you and they usually have been created yeah. uh, for Latin America specifically. Um, they're always yeah, going to... for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. Oh, they're always going to side or they're always going to be, um, what's it called? Like, to convenience the United States. Yeah, yeah. It's like fake, a fake kind of like treaties, you know, they, they favor... <laughs> They favored the U.S. government and it was only to like try to appease or even even like compromises and whatnot between, you know, activists. And they're never what you ask for. <laughs> yeah, it's a very watered down version. So in this very yeah. watered down version via in Vieques, only one marine base was closed. But that really didn't do much for them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the situation, the situation calmed for a while Though anti-Navy sentiments obviously remained. But then the movement grew again in 1999. And that's because something terrible happened. So in April 1999, trainings were ongoing as usual. And a young, fresh out of training Marine pilot was flying. And he was searching for his target. His mission or whatever was to drop two 500-pound bombs Again, all these bombs are real. So they've been dropping real bombs this whole time. Yeah. So it was a cloudy day and he thought he was running low on fuel. So the combination of the weather, the low fuel and him just not being uh, a seasoned pilot caused him to believe he had spotted his target. So he locked onto an observation post a mile away from him and dropped his bombs. However, this was not an observation post. This was not his target. It was a security guard post, and he killed a young Vieques man. Oh, my God. David Sanes Rodriguez. And he was the first person to have been killed in all this time that the Navy has been dropping bombs on Vieques. The people of the island were outraged, and they united. The movement against the Navy was reborn. And hundreds and hundreds of Viecans poured onto the firing range, preventing any training to be conducted. Because when you're, yeah, when you're in any type of shooting range, the minute, like, it has to be all clear. And then once it's all clear, you can commence shooting, right? So they were, like, blocking them from doing that. Uh, There was supposed to be shooting going on. They were just pouring onto the field and staying there, like, refusing to leave. Mm -hmm. Basically becoming, like, I don't know, human shields. Wow. They organized protest, um, protest camps. So they would c- create these camps that would block uh, bases, military entrances or shooting or firing ranges. And they would just camp there, camp out. They climbed into military bases, occupied them, refused to move. They organized car blockades. They would hold signs that would say, ni una bomba mas, not one more bomb. And the entire island of Puerto Rico uh, supported Vieques in their fight against the Navy. The Puerto Rican Teachers Association, were, they were supporting the movement, uh, supplying teachers to uh, help the school kids while all the protests were going on. The Puerto Rican Bar Association provided legal aid for anyone arrested during the protests. I love it. Yeah, right? I love when a whole community unifies like this. 
the Puerto Rican Independence Party and the Puerto Rican Socialist Party also uh, were in support of Vieques. And ce celebrities all over um, so, uh, supported Vieques. Among them, a boxer whose name I didn't write down. And among other like political figures that supported them was the Reverend Sharpton? No, <laughs> that's the only Jackson. one I know. Oh, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Jackson? I'm, I think so. I think so. The Dalai Lama was arrested during one of their protests. <laughs> he went to the island. Oh, wow. Rigoberta Menchu was there too. Oh. I assume that you know who Rigoberta Menchu is. Yeah, yeah. I remember okay, okay. the last name. Yeah, yeah. She's an indigenous activist. Um, and yeah, she was supporting the cause. Even the Puerto Rican diaspora supported Vieques. During the 2000 Puerto Rican Day Parade in New York, uh, they held up signs and chanted against the Navy. And this struggle went on for four years. President Clinton, during his presidency, offered $90 million to Vieques, like as a settlement and an exchange of the $90 million. He still wanted the Navy to remain there. <laughs> so the offer was declined. Good. Yeah. And it was actually President Bush that uh, said the Navy was leaving, like, President wow. Bush. Yeah. So um, after, when, when he became president, President Bush stated that the Navy would halt all military exercises and they would leave the island by 2003. And it did happen. So during 1999 to 2003, at least 1,500 people were arrested. But... The, the people of Vieques succeeded in their fight against the Navy and they Amazing. Won. Yeah. Um, and it took two, it took two tries, you know, the first, their first yeah. protesting was quelled, but after the um, death of David Sanis, uh, yeah, it, the fight commenced again, you know, started back up and yeah, they won. They won. However... The United States didn't return the land to Vieques. Instead, they turned it over to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And the U.S. Wildlife Service, they currently oversee the former naval bases. So it's still in the hands of the United States government. Wow. And that's two-thirds of the island. Like, that's a lot. Oh, my God. Yeah. They should well, have returned it. The military is gone. But so, like, what is it now? They What do they do there? Like a... Fish reserve or um I don't know. <laughs> oh <laughs> all I know is that the navy's gone. <laughs> That's all we um, care about. Bye bitches. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously years of bombing destroyed the island. There's almost no farming land available anymore, no safe farming land. Unexploded bombs remain in the waters. And uh, the people of Yekas are their health is suffering. Like I mentioned earlier, they get cancer at higher rates. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other things. In 2005, 7,000 Viecans sued the U.S., but the Supreme Court refused to hear the case. Fuck them. Yeah. F yeah. <laughs> Fucking Supreme Fuck Court. them. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, they filed again, and it was dismissed again in 2010. Oh, I'm just... It's so... Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Go on. I'm just no. so frustrating because... When was this? Sorry. 2005 and 2010. Okay. It just, you know, 
the Supreme Court, I don't know, a lot of people uphold them as, I don't know, these this ruling, whatever part of the government that's supposed to protect our rights, but they don't give a fuck about our rights. They have never really, you know, they don't. And it's like all these people right now in what's going on today with the Supreme court. Yeah. They'll like post all these RBG. Oh my God. I knew you were going to mention her and fuck that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, every, she did so much to, uh, ruin or in in terms destroy of destroy like, uh, indigenous indi- yes, movements. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, um, because obviously, like indigenous governments have been trying to fight for their land and for you know their sovereignty, and she has done so much against them. Yes, and so and people, oh, I cannot. <laughs> this is why I'm saying like intersectionality. I can't fucking say the word intersectionality. intersectionality. Yeah. Yes, it matters. And so when people uphold her for her views on abortion, okay, fine, that's one thing. But what about all the other shitty things she did? Not to mention that this is kind of her fault because she didn't just step down when she was on the verge of death. Retire, bitch. <laughs> like, so, like, because she, she didn't retired, fucking retire. Exactly. Yes. Obama would have been able to to appoint someone else, right? But he didn't because she didn't retire and she died when Trump was president. And so now, what? Here Amy? we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now With here that we fucking are. Amy, bitch. <laughs> yeah, a whole mess. And now they're trying still to even expand more. it. <sighs> yeah, and to um do away even more than they already have with yeah indigenous rights and indigenous tribal sovereignty yes they actually just ruled uh there was a ruling in which they are saying that they can arrest people on sovereign indigenous land fuck that man yeah and that's on top of how they just ruled somewhere i think it was like minnesota i don't know a coach can like pray yes schools i'm so sick of these religious fucking assholes (laughs) and then and sorry there was one more that was like really I don't even hear well, it being I, talked I know about. Been, um, uh-huh. oh, what is it? That taxes, property taxes can be used oh. to fund religious private schools. Oh, yes. I did see that. I'm sick yeah. of it. And um, the other thing I was going to say is they've been trying to get rid of or not get rid of, but uh, well, I mean, yeah, basically get rid of um, the Indian Child Welfare Act so that they can adopt um, indigenous children and take away the rights of native <sighs> tribes um, <sighs> over native children. And it's always, it's like, it's a huge conservative religious thing right now. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Yeah. I'm sick of it. It's them. a whole mess. Point is, yeah, we don't like the Supreme Court. <laughs> they they refused to hear the case of the Vietcans twice. In 2011, a senator, a congressman, sorry, introduced the Vieques Recovery and Development Act, and his his goal was to construct a special specialty hospital and toxins research center on the island of Vieques. There's no hospital there. Oh my god! And so he wanted to do that, and it died in Congress. It didn't make make it past Congress. Obama, before he became president, promised. To the governor of Puerto Rico, this is what Mm. the statement said, (laughs) we will closely monitor the health of the people of Vieques and promote appropriate remedies to health conditions caused by military activities conducted by the U.S. Navy on Vieques. But when he became president, it went nowhere. 
Of course. Yeah. It's what he did. Make make a bunch of promises that he didn't fucking keep. It's what they always do. I'm so sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sick of it. Yeah. Like, what happened to Biden running on his, uh, like, uh, I'm, not that bitch gonna, no, too. I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> like, that's gonna, that's a whole nother topic. But so there's this thing called the Rescue and Development of Yekes, sorry, the Committee for the Rescue and Development of Yekes. And someone from that committee, Robert Rabin Siegel, wrote, although I cannot claim the Navy, um, oh, and he wrote this to Obama. I should preface that. So in his letter to the president, he wrote, although I cannot claim the Navy and military toxics caused my cancer, you don't have to be a quantum physicist to understand how decades of exposure to heavy metals in the food chain, air, water, and land combined with the socioeconomic pressures from the loss of two thirds of the island's lands would clearly contribute to higher cancer rates. The Navy dropped radioactive uranium projectiles here. We believe in large quantities in preparation for military actions in the Balkans and the Middle East. The list of dangerous chemical components for munitions dropped on Vieques is extensive, as is the number of illnesses they cause. Mr. President, you received the Nobel Peace Prize. We demand peace for Vieques, an island and people used to protect U.S. interests since World War II, forced to sacrifice its land, economic prosperity, tranquility, and health, deserves at least the hope of peace for this and future generations. A handful of powerful U.S.-based corporations have pocketed most of the more than $200 million spent on the cleanup over the past decade. We urge you to order technology transference to promote the creation of Puerto Rican and Viecans, sorry, Viecans, companies to carry out the cleanup of Vieques, thereby transforming that process into part of the economic reconstruction of the island, as well as assuring community and conf- community confidence in this crucial element in the healing of Vieques. And there's a petition that can be signed, which I'll include the link to. And so what the petition is demanding and the people of Vieques, or this committee, uh, healthcare, Provide a modern hospital with cancer treatment facilities, early screening and timely treatment for all diseases. Create a research facility to determine the relationship between military toxins and health. Provide just compensation to people suffering poor health as a result of the Navy's activities. Cleanup. Fund a complete rapid cleanup of the land and surrounding waters. Still littered by thousands of bombs, grenades, napalm, Agent Orange, depleted uranium and other explosives left by the Navy. Seize the ongoing open detonation of unexploded ordnance. Guarantee community participa- participation in the cleanup. Train Viekens as managers, administrators, scientists, and foster Viekens companies to do the work. And demilitarization and return of the land. So close the remaining installations that are still there. Return the, to the people of Viekens all land still under the control of the federal government. And sustainable development. Support the master plan for sustainable development of Vieques, which promotes agriculture, fishing, ecotourism, small guest houses, housing, collective transportation, archaeology, historic and environmental research, among other things. And yeah, they deserve all that and more. Yeah. At the very least, like pay them, pay for cancer treatments, put up a facility to treat the cancer that they've caused, like... That, none of that is a lot to ask for. They owe them and more. They've 
completely destroyed this Depleted land. the, yes. Yeah. Everything. Everything. This, so this land, and I, I think I forgot to include this in my notes, but when the Spanish owned it, it was used for sugar plantations. And so the people that remained there before the United States took it or bought it from the sugar plantation owners, and I used bought it in quotation marks. Quotations, but, yeah. Um, yeah, before they bought it, um, the people were essentially self-sustaining because they could fish and they could plant. So they mm-hmm. had their own land with uh, vegetation and they did a lot of fishing, but they cannot do those things anymore. So, yeah. And yes, I will include a link in the show notes for the petition that can be signed uh, for them. And yeah, I just felt like, you know, 4th of July week is going to be so Monday. It would have been Monday. This is going to come out on Thursday. And this is just a great little story against United States. Imperialism. (laughs) Perfect for the week. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There's no better time to discuss U.S. imperialism than Fourth of July. I'm seeing all over, and this is a, um, a side note, but I'm seeing all over Twitter like white people tweeting like, "I can't celebrate this Fourth of July with the conditions of the United States," and I'm just like, "You were cel- you were celebrating? <laughs> what about last year? What about the year before that? Uh, what about since the inception of the United States?" <laughs> I'm so so I remember I mean a long time ago before becoming mm-hmm. as as people say woke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even like saying that anymore because of the dumb like meme it's become from the right wing people, whatever. Anyway, um uh-huh. I used to <laughs> embarrassing on Fourth of July coordinate, <laughs> coordinate my outfits to be red, white, and blue. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember you ever doing that. Well, okay, I did it like two years, I think. Oh, you were gone already. Okay. I can honestly yeah. say that I have never done that. And <laughs> I did it. Like, no, actually, I think I just did it once. Oh, okay. That sounds more right. Nope. Yeah. Remember, we bought, but well, we would buy like Hats. little. Like, You're right. You're right. Red, white, and blue. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you, you don't know what you don't know, right? Exactly. Um, but it's embarrassing that there, <laughs> there's people that are. Like, yeah our age white people our age and they're like and now now when you know yeah abortion rights have been you know what it is now right now they're like oh what rights are we celebrating and i'm like (laughs) we i'm sorry we 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 haven't been celebrating what do you mean (laughs) yeah yeah speaking of but i mean you know I, I know that it's it's funny to make fun of them and to laugh at it, and it is, <laughs> and also to be like how ignorant, um, because that's also true. But I think the more people that realize, you know, what are we celebrating and blah blah blah, the better. So better late than never to come to this realization. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, that is my episode and. If if you have a friend that is like, I'm not celebrating this year, send them this episode. Give them something to celebrate. Celebrate the victory of Vieques. <laughs> yes. We love to we see do. We love to see people win against the United States. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and they're still, you know, they're still fighting. So we do want to share that petition and we will. And uh, maybe next episode will be a Carmen episode. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I've only done one episode so far. Yeah. It's okay.
I'm. I think that it will I'm, be. Oh, will it? Next if week, not, I'll find something yeah. anyway. Um, I do eventually. Once we, uh, well, I don't know. I'm proud of us for doing. First of all, doing this weekly. <laughs> I know, amazing. But I do want to. Okay, I don't think it's long enough for a full episode. But I want to do an episode on the history of the the crunchy taco. <laughs> oh, because you will not believe what I discovered. So I'm thinking we might add that to the patreon which i need to redo um but yeah thanks for listening everyone and we will catch you next time bye bye, bye.